Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, thanks for hanging out with us yet again. Lori and Julia on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. Streaming at MyTalk1071.com. We're also on the MyTalk app. And if you listen either of those ways, get on Listener Rewards. You can win $500 from AARP, that and more. So get registered at MyTalk1071.com. And we are continuing the festivities of the 18th anniversary (laughs) show. By the way, looked it up. The 18th anniversary gift. What is it? Porcelain. Why did wow. you eat a lot today? You're thinking about a toilet. Well, yeah, I peed so much. I drink I, I drink a lot of coffee uh this afternoon. I've been drinking coffee a lot. I yeah. <laughs> to, get to get through the afternoons. No, I know. <laughs> but okay, so Julia, I gotta yes, update you on a okay. couple things. Uh, I know you don't care about Coachella or Lollapalooza, but those are done, though. I can't even believe that we didn't know that already. Well, Coachella had been postponed. Oh, they were going to try September. and have it in October. Oh, October, right. And so, anyway, so those are just, you know, done, So the C-list influencers trying to get a fizzy water thing. It's they're going to have to put it off okay. for a year. All right, got it. Okay, and then um, uh, Lizzo, she, got, she did a TikTok video where she took on body shamers and she's just sick of people, Ugh. you know, lecturing her. So she, over it. she was trending. But anytime I see anyone trending, I'm worried they've been canceled. Same. Okay, but she was, she was trending for, um, you know, just her great video and just basically telling to beep off, bleep off. She's been working out for five years and she likes how, you know, just Ugh. in her great Lizzo way. Kevin James was trending. I was worried he was canceled, yes. but it was like uh, some kind of a thing for my game show. Okay. King of Queens. Hello. Funny, funny show. Um, the Betty Broderick story. Okay. What okay, is We've got to talk about yes, this. this. What is, is this? the Dirty John? Oh, all right. I told you that it got mixed reviews. Yes. I'm watching it. Oh, are and, you? Um, well, I've got two TV shows to recommend to you that are in the category of, you know, if you're still connected to your cable and you get USA or BET. I have okay. two shows right, I would like I? to shine a light on. Um, the BET show, it's back for its second season, and it's um, American Soul. Oh, you love this show. I love this you show. Love it's this a show. story about yep. Don Cornelius making Soul, Soul Train. Train. You love this. Last night or whatever week. I think there's only been two episode since it came back like just two weeks okay. ago and elton john makes his appearance on um soul train american soul okay. the show is called and um what i was like oh my god elton john he was the first um white superstar to appear on soul train and he asked 
to be to on be it, on it because it. he was obsessed with it. And anytime they came to the U.S., they would watch it. And he's like, you need to get this show on in the U.K. We'd go mad for it. And so I love that. Yeah. So in this second episode of the second season, we meet out. We see Don Cornelius. I can't think of the actor's name, but he's so, so good as, as uh, Don Cornelius, who has kind of an incredible story. Uh, Soul Train when it came on TV and how hard he had to fight and Dick Clark was such a dick about oh, American really? Bandstand and all kinds of racism and I mean it's it's an amazing story but Elton John um, uh, you know he said I gotta be on your show and he was on May 1st 1975 and Don was like welcome soul brother and um, he played Benny and the Jets and Philadelphia Freedom on a plexiglass piano while all the dancers, and he wore a green suit and a green bowler hat. That's like, I, he was I like can thrilled. see him. Oh, I can just see him. Yeah, and he took questions from the Soul Train audience, you know, because that are all dancing mm-hmm. around. And anyway, he broke new, you know, ground that day because mm-hmm. it was just like he wanted to be on it. And then last weekend, a Soul Train dancing legend, which... We're, we're not dancers, but people in the dance world. Tyrone, the bone proctor, the whack doctor, passed oh, away. God. And he was basically um, the last soul train dancer still around. And, and he he got the whacking. That was his choreography. Okay. So you got to whack those arms to the beat was his thing. Okay. But that I watched some videos of it. And I was just... Funny. I always... I. I always thought of, um, you know, the dancers on Soul Train, American Bands. And he was a profile spotlight dancer. So he was paid and a regular. He wasn't with some of the people that came in to stand around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I always think of the Cove in Duluth and Superior because they had they had cubes that you could dance up on. If you were good enough. If you... I always thought of the cold because yes. it reminded me of American Bandstand and Soul Train. I mean, just being the spotlight dancer. Yeah, I, and and Tyrone, Tyrone, the Bone Proctor, he was nominated for Best Choreography with the New Kids on the Block for oh, really? his MTV oh, I Awards. See him. I he see taught him. the kids how to dance in 1989, but he was a staple, and he was he's featured in the VH1 documentary Soul Train: The Hippest Trip in America. And then American Soul is a fictionalized yes. story of Soul Train and Don Cr- It's so good, you guys. Kelly Rowland showed up as Gladys Knight. Wow. Oh, um, fun. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's juicy, it's good. I, I just that like that show. I remember, right. uh, the other show that people may not have watched, you and I and Donnie watched it, yes, NKC, Men of a Certain Age. And it was like on AMC, and it had Andre Brower, Ray Romano, and Scott Bakula. Just a two-season, but it is it was such... Good. Oh, yeah, that show yep. filmed next to my office. Oh, it really? Back in the day. So oh. we used to see those fellas around all the time. It just was like... Have you gotten HBO Max? We have it. So did it automatically happen then? Yes. Or did yes. You have to do, okay, it yeah. did. Because it hadn't been ready that first day when I tried it. Okay. Yeah. And so Ray Romano, and as everybody loves Raymond Ryder, came up with this. And it's really a real-life story about settling for something less than the best and three guys. And so that's on HBO Max now. And that is just a terrific show. Yes, it is. Terrific show. Now, the show we liked last summer on USA, or maybe it was on Lifetime, Dirty John. Oh, loved it. With Connie Britton. Yep, loved it. So it's back, Jules. I know. But it, what they've done, like what The Sinner has done, which they have taken 
just a whole new story. Sure. So it's an anthology mm-hmm. series. Is that what we call it, Holly? An anthology when, when it they comes do up that? a brand new same every cover year. or same name, but it'll be a completely different story yeah, that's unrelated. Yeah, that apply. Okay, so it's the Betty Broderick and I, Christian Ama- Slater and Amanda Peet. Yes, it's a little bit confusing at first. That first episode, they tell the story in flashbacks and. And then in current time, but they wait to do the initial flashback a little bit too long. And you're like, wait, who are these people? Okay. 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 Maybe it could have been had some cleaning up in the editing department. But because I am a sucker for true life stories. like I love Dirty John. The first one. And Amanda Pete is absolutely terrific in it. Here we have a Christian Slater. He plays Betty Broderick's husband. And it's Mm -hmm. really... Dirty John, the Betty Broderick story, which I don't even, that makes weird marketing. You can, yes, it is. It yeah. is weird. Okay. It is weird. So here's Christian Slater this, just talking a little bit about oh, okay. his character. He plays Dan Broderick, Betty Broderick's husband, who's played by Amanda Pete. And we're finding out about this crime that happened. Like we did in Dirty John. Yes. Okay, okay, so here we go. Look, uh, Dan was certainly arrogant, egotistical, was was and I think he felt completely justified in that. And I, I think he 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 did get uh, to a certain degree a, a sadistic pleasure in how he treated Betty. And he just thought that he lived in a world that was so impenetrable and so powerful that, uh, you know, she would never cross any particular line. You know, I mean, the amount of denial that was going on here is uh is astounding and i just wish that uh getting help had been more of a uh more of a, a, a something to take advantage of at that particular time instead it was it was uh, much more frowned upon than it is today and he's talking though but the thing i would say about him playing dan broderick when i've i've only watched like three episodes okay but dan is an abusive man yes he is but the thing about this story is that it's real. It's charm. The abuse is wrapped in charm and love. And the way the abuse happens is psychological. It's mental. Mm-hmm. He's not physically mean to her. Mm-hmm. He isn't even verbally that mean to her. But the mind games that he played with her mm-hmm. in kind of this I love you, I hate you, but I don't hate you, I love you, is, whoa. This is kind of, you know, he's he was but, sort of like making an excuse, like Betty should have been the one to go get the therapy. It, but yeah. it was really, you know, I guess he was saying that at the time, in the, you know, in the 70s and 80s, people probably didn't go to counseling. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and, the, and guys and you did didn't have know more, how to... And you, guy, the man had more power. He right. was a doctor. She was the stay-at-home... Anyway, to me, it's kind of a fascinating thing about you think, how could anyone get uh, involved with somebody who's that way? But these men can be, or I guess it could be a woman too, could be very charming. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you are, you don't know where or how you're standing. So I think you'll like it. I think I I might have to watch this one. I think you'll like it. I think I might, because I like both of them a lot. I could use something. Just... 
I haven't watched an ounce of TV in a week. Yeah, it's not that even nice. for a half a second. And this is the 80s. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to be so relieved that you're how did we wear those mom jeans for so long? <laughs> and they're back. How did we wear those mm-hmm. mom jeans and their camel toe defining moments? Moments mm-hmm. in all I mean, just really it is something. It really does make you glad that 80s fashion it just makes its little tiptoes, right? But nobody's full on in enforcing or embracing that horrible, horrible fashion era. <laughs> it's true. Ever, we're not going to do it. Drop waisted dresses, Holly, with oh, bows. Those are, oh, those are those are we had them. I mean, and then the mom jeans, and then the big huge blazers. You and, had a drop waisted dress with pleats on the bottom that I. Uh, you probably loved it. I, I you loved it. it. I wore it. At least that was short. Yeah, it was short. I had blue and white stripe. Yeah, I know. You remember it. That Me, one was cute. It was very cute. It wasn't below the knee like the early <laughs> 80s crap. Where we all that, like, and the makeup. Because Amanda makeup. Pete's makeup in this show from the footage that I've seen. It's so 80s, though. Yeah. With the dark. It's so much. There's yeah. a lot of blue. And pur- a, oh, blue is everything. Blue is everything. Oh, the uh, hair. So oh, high. Lord. All right, listen, we'll be right back with the Dirt Alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, so we've got some dirt to talk about concerning Vogue editor-in-chief Anna Wintour. She is making an apology in an internal memo at Condé Nast apologizing for making mistakes at Vogue regarding the way that they treated their... Regarding racism, essentially. So, Andre Leontali. Well, this is not in response to Andre Leontali. This is in response to George Floyd and people calling her out. She wouldn't be big enough to do that. Yeah. Anna Wintour has not addressed Andre. Well, has she addressed him? No, No, she hasn't. That is concerning Andre Leontali, the former creative director, uh, editor at large at Vogue magazine, The Chiffon Trenches. His memoir is out right now. He worked there for 20 years and he was shown the back door not even acknowledged dropped no. he was yeah. treated terrible he was her. treated terribly by Anna Wintour mm-hmm. and he has been talking about that for the past month now Anna Wintour apologizing in an internal email for mistakes that she said she has made in her 32 years at Vogue for not doing enough to elevate elevate black voices on her staff and for publishing images and stories that have been racially and culturally quote hurtful or intolerant those are her words okay she says in this email which was published on june 4th so last week she said i take full responsibility for those mistakes a very thin woman had her pr department write some crap to save her ass from Mm -hmm. getting fired Mm-hmm. Because really, what did remember happen? her nickname is Nuclear Winter. Yeah, She's been the most f- powerful person in fashion for thirty years, mm-hmm. and her form. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world, and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Her assistant wrote a book about her literally called The Devil Wears Prada. Yep. She, I don't believe a word mm-hmm. that she said. Her actions at Vogue... And I read the thing, but her actions at Vogue, I mean, she's... Well, think about this. Jeez. Regarding Anna Wintour's words, Mm -hmm. that Tyler Mitchell became the first black photographer to shoot the cover of Vogue in its 125-year history last year. That's right. In 2019. And it wasn't Anna Wintour who championed that. Meghan Markle did. It was Beyonce. Oh, Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah, it was Beyonce. So... There is a statistic for you to digest. Now, this seems to be signaling uh, what a lot of people are calling out at the parent company of Vogue magazine, Condé Nast Publications, because we talked about this a little bit, Julia, I believe in the past couple of days, but the editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit, the uh, food magazine, resigned Mm -hmm. after photos surfaced of him in brownface. So that happened yesterday. Uh, Bon Appetit and Healthy-ish, they have issued a statement on their website saying, paraphrasing that they're going to be doing better about all of these issues. But a lot of former staff are not mincing words about their experience working at Condé Nast. The the racism involved, the systemic racism that was in that publication. There are people calling out former editors in the way that they handled uh, sexual things at their work. She's been there since 1988. And, you know, the thing is, is that... uh, this would be have been more believable if she'd issued something to, about Andre Leon Talley and just, you know, or those two, because he said she could call me. I still love her. I went to her wedding. Right. He wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post because Beyonce, I don't know if it was the cover of um, September, it was September 2018, and he wrote an op-ed about how significant that was for the black Community to have the photographer, and that he felt that Anna had made a racist jab uh, at his idea to include an African t- tribal photograph in the spread. But he wrote something. He said she never said anything like "good job" because Andre Leontelli really knew his. I, I just fashion. Think she she hasn't done the work for a long time. She's been there since 1988. As far as I'm concerned, that could be 1888. That's just too long for all this stuff to just be happening. Mm-hmm. That just like I mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, she's right. had the power for a long time, she's and had the power for a long he, time. and she tells her staff, "Please let me know." You know, as if any worker bees at Vogue are going to feel comfortable emailing Nuclear Winter, the Devil Wears Prada, about their idea. Um, you know, and. And telling her, like, what is the real crap going on there? Nobody's going to do no, that. No right. Is, is Anna Wintour fostering open communication within her workplace? Yes. Does, she have, the, does she have the precedent? Uh, well, she doesn't. I mean, we, we've, we've been, seen the movie. We read the book. Yes. <laughs> yes. We've seen the movie. We've read the book. And it's been updated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that it took her 30 mm-hmm. years to hire a black photographer. I mean, come That's pretty bad. on. She's, she just needs to go. Well, you know, there's been a lot of speculation at Condé Nast what Anna Wintour's future looks like. Some people have been speculating for the past couple of years that 
you know, every like summer, it's like, is this September I issue right. going to be the last September issue for Anna Wintour? She's just got to go. Use this excuse just to, Anna, you're done. You're out. Mm-hmm. You haven't done enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you haven't done enough and it's too little too late. Right. So. We shall see what comes of this. Yeah. The gossip from Condé Nast continues to flood social yeah. media. You can find it any number of people talking about Andre, any number of publications. I hope you're leaning back and enjoying a nice Diet Coke and whatever snack of your choice is. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, uh, go read the Chiffon Trenches. You can watch the Andre Leon Talley, The Gospel mm-hmm. According to Andre. It's on Hulu if you have a subscription. You can rent it for about three bucks at any yeah. number of places. Is and, it good? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay. It, and, you know, you learn a lot. He has a fascinating story. He does. And it's definitely worth watching or reading. Yeah. And I bring that up because I wanted to share a show link that I put up on mytalk1071.com on the Lori and Julia show page. Netflix has curated a Black Lives Matter playlist, including films, series, documentaries, all mm-hmm. sorts of really good shows to yes. watch because, you know, you, you, we've been talking about The 13th by Ava DuVernay, When They See Us, her works, but there are so many other things on Netflix that you can watch. Good, there's com- there's comedies, there's action, there's documentaries, there's uh, so many wonderful things over there. So go check it out. Go watch. All right. Go yeah. watch. All right. Thank you, Holly. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Um, when we come back, we've got Vintage Scandal, and it does have a Gone with the Wind connection. Ooh. Okay, I'll just say that. Vintage Scandal. It was quite the scandal. I am shocked at your behavior. What's going on? Well, uh, I gonna... thought that this would be a good time to uh, remember um, both the, the wonderful... Uh, and the scandalous life of Hattie McDaniels, who people know Hattie McDaniel. Excuse me. She played Mammy in Gone with the yes. Wind. And Gone with the Wind is in the news today with HBO Max wanting to have somebody introduce that movie so that uh, they just want to give some context yep. to when this was written and what it's all about. Blah, and blah, it's blah. Hattie's birthday today. It is Hattie. It is. I didn't even oh. know. Yes, she was born on this day in 1895. Well, then it was meant to be that people should know Hattie McDaniel. And if you watched Ryan Murphy's Hollywood, Hollywood. Queen Latifah plays Hattie McDaniel. I didn't know that. Did you know? And she wore the flowers in her hair. And she was an entertainer and her home was welcome and open to people. So, yes, she is playing... um, you know, because they don't call them by their names. There's the character. They who's don't. Rick Rock Hudson. Right. But he gets the name. He did get he the did name. He did get but... the name. Anna Mae Wong. But anyway, we're learning about so this mm-hmm. character. So if you've watched Hollywood, which maybe you've watched that before, since you haven't watched Gone with the Wind uh, in a long time. Um, and Oprah Magazine, just in their May issue, had done a profile, a story on Hattie McDaniel because she was, she made Hollywood history. She's the first black Oscar winner winning uh, Best Supporting for playing Mammy in Gone with the Wind. And um, she left an undeniable legacy in, in it. And of course, in Hollywood, she gets revisionist history. But one of the things that Hattie McDaniel, I mean, We'll play her speech in a minute, but when she when she won that Oscar, um, it took place at the Ambassador Hotel yes. at the Coconut Grove, yep. which had a 
no black patrons. Mm. This is 1939. Mm-hmm. So David Selznick, the producer, had to put in a special request for wow. Hattie to be come able to the award show. She had and she could not sit with her castmates. She had to sit at a far table oh, for crying out loud against the wall, separate from her co-stars Clark Gable, Vivian Leigh, and Olivia De Havilland. And she was very good friends with Clark Gable. Nobody was happy about this, but Hattie is at that table. Her name is announced. She goes up on stage. We have the audio. Her signature thing, she loved it. I don't know if they were Camilla's or what kind of flower, but just just amazing. So here's Hattie McDaniel's speech. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science, fellow members of the motion picture industry and honored guests. This is one of the happiest moments of my life. And I want to thank each one of you who had a part in selecting me for one of the awards. For your kindness, it has made me feel very, very humble. And I shall always hold it as a beacon for anything that I may be able to do in the future. I sincerely hope I shall always be a credit to my race and to the motion picture industry. My heart is too full to tell you just how I feel. And may I say thank you and God bless you. And she runs off stage crying as she's sitting in her table Far away right. now with any of her cash. She was with her white agent and her publicist at a table. Jeez. And and she, you know, and then when she said, I would like to be a credit to my race. race. Imagine having to say that, right. you know. And uh, she was really, she's an interesting, interesting person um, to know about in Hollywood. So this is 19... 19- you know, 39 when that happened. And she's the 13th child of two freed slaves. They had been slaves and then they were freed. Right. Her, She was born in Wichita, Kansas in 1895, but raised in Denver. And she told the story that she always knew she wanted to be an actress since she was the age of six and that her mom would sometimes give her a nickel to stop performing. <laughs> And Please make it stop. She Please. dropped out of high school at age 15 to follow her brother's carnival company. And remember, we learned about that in one of our books about how in the Great Depression, all these carnivals. Yes, popped up. Yeah, popped up as a way of for people making money and everything. And um, she and her sister had a at the time, which was very popular, a women's minstrel show called the McDaniels uh uh, sister's company, and it was during this uh, minstrel show that Hattie McDaniel developed her comedic Mammy character who defied and critiqued basically the racial and gender stereotypes of that era. She dabbled in a little radio, and when she was part of a touring jazz orchestra, that led to her first movie role in 1932, which was called Judge Priest. And she sang a duet with Will Rogers. Oh. Then, a year later, she's on with Shirley Temple in a movie called The Little Colonel. I love that movie. And she actually met Clark Gable when she filmed the movie China Seas with him in 1935. So four years before Gone with the Wind. But in each one of these movies that I just named, she played a maid. Oh, she yep. played a maid 74 times throughout her career. But of course, uh, um, you know, the playing Mammy and and she got so much criticism from 
black people. That is really scandalous. So she was rejected by the NAACP because they felt that she was playing a racist stereotype of black people. And then when she did Gone with the Wind, of course, the N-word is used in that movie. Hattie doesn't say it in the movie. And um, the Smithsonian Magazine reported that in a 1940. Seven Hollywood Reporter article, she said, I've never apologized for the roles I play. Sometimes I've persuaded the directors to omit di- dialect from some movies. They agreed to that. I've been told I've kept alive the stereotype of the Negro servant in the minds of theater goers. I believe my critics think the public more naive than it actually is. And her famous quote was I'd rather play a maid and get $700 a week than be than a be maid, a maid yep. and get $7 yep. a week or something like that. Yep. Yep. Something like that. And so she was on uh, over 300 movies, but after she won for Gone with the Wind, her career weakened. And that was all that she was offered. And the NAACP said, "Don't we don't even want you to play those roles anymore. She continued to contribute money to the NAACP. Mm -hmm. Her home was welcome for all kinds of people Mm -hmm. who were actively trying to fight and get justice because remember what time it is now it's in the 40s. And um, and then of course she was also part of Walt Disney's controversial and I don't even know if you can watch it anymore Song of the South. I think that the Library of Congress has, has a it. copy of it, so you can go to Washington D.C. and watch the movie Song of the South. It's but really the quite States, something. It came yeah. out in 1946. It's unbelievable. But but a year after Song of the South, she became the first black woman to star in her own radio show, and she had this successful comedy series called Beulah, and um, she she uh, put together entertainment for Black World War II troops because, of course, they had separate entertainment. Yes, they they were segregated. Oh, and um, she she uh, was, uh, just like I said, she had an open-door policy for anybody who was Black and creative in the L.A. community, and we see that in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She kind mm-hmm. of entertained, entertains. Uh, I don't, she was married... Um, Four times, and she never had children. And before she died, and she died at the age of 57, you guys, of breast cancer, but she threw a deathbed party that had people milling around, drinking, laughing. She left precise instructions for her funeral. She wanted what she wanted, white gardenias, which was her signature. That was, yeah. And she wanted to be buried at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, but it was for whites only. So she was laid to rest at another cemetery and then a marble memorial was built for her at the Hollywood Cemetery. And at that time at the Academy Awards, you just got a plaque, not an Oscar. Okay. And um, she uh, gave that uh, to Howard University and somewhere in the 70s it got stolen. Oh, geez. So nobody knows where that is so anyway i just i i just thought we should know more about hattie and i just thought even though this blatant injustice that she gets and she can't sit with her friends and she's buds with clark gable and she sits at this table she gave such a 
beautiful Lovely. emotional yes. speech despite this blatant injustice mm-hmm. and i just anyway i just i i love her and and uh i just i just thought that would be a good um you know story to just share with because it's and, a little scandalous mm-hmm. and and just uh, a little but she she was a very successful woman right and despite everything and Anyway, I'm glad that Oprah's magazine just did this little thing. I get Oprah's. I quit. Yeah, it was the May issue. It was the May issue. A lot was going on. But anyway, just just some things to know about the real Hattie Hattie McDaniel. Because I I don't want anyone, I don't want anyone hating on her, and uh, because of her role in Gone with the Wind, Mm -hmm. you know. So there you go. All right, listen, we will be right back. You'll never guess who is making a movie about their life, Julia. Hey everybody, thanks for the uh, happy 18th uh, anniversary wishes on yes. Facebook and Twitter. That's real nice of you all. 18! 18, we're legal now. Yeah, I know, I can't even believe it. <sighs> okay, so we, I, I, yeah, I I just said, that, that was so weird that I just picked Hattie McDaniel, but it was because of that Gone with the Wind story. Right, you know, and that, that it's HBO, her birthday today. Her birthday and everything, and... I just don't want anyone. I don't want Hattie having some damn asterisk because she starred in a this romantic, novelized, oh. fictionalized thing of the of the of the South. You yep. know that Margaret Mitchell. I just always think of that as I think of it as a love story. Yeah, always. she spends all that time loving somebody else that, that doesn't love her. Well, she spends all that time. The person that she loved was standing in front of her all along, and she painted this picture that wasn't even real. You know? Yeah, I know. It's set in Ashley, that time. I know. Yeah, it's set in that time period. But if the like if the, when you read read that book, and I just think of, you know, Hattie I McDaniel. never read the book. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Mm-mm. I just don't want Hattie. Like I want. I like. I I I admire her. The more I have read about oh. her, kind of an amazing story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um the movie that's in development at Disney, Julia. Yes, what is it? Uh, okay, oh, wait. So you said like you're not gonna believe who's making a movie about themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh we I know nothing. I've read nothing. I know nothing. I'll give you the a big clue. We had a very enjoyable uh three hour um adventure at the polo lounge in the center table. Lionel Richie? That is correct. He's ding, doing ding, a ding. movie about himself. Lionel Richie movie musical is in development at Disney. And I guess love the it. title. Um, hello. No, come on, Holly, guess. I know Dance what it is. With me. Oh, so I want Julia to guess um, this. Dan- Sway, you're dancing. Where what would you like to have happen, you know, all... Glory's like Come on. Glory's I can't Julia, you got you can do it, you can do Come it. On. You're dancing. It's You're a three, three, three. Is words. it the name it's of one of his it's songs? A song, of course. What, um, what would you like to do all night long? That's it. Uh, that's <laughs> it. All right, got it. 1983. Uh, yeah, that's what the working title is. He's on board as a producer. Um, the guy who was the screenwriter for Crazy Rich Asians and the proposal is writing the script. And Lionel confirmed it on Twitter. Really? Big things in the work. And it's going to be kind of like expected to be more aligned with movies like Mamma Mia, which is inspired by ABBA songs okay. rather than a biopic like Bohemian like Rhapsody or, or Rocket right, Man. Right, right, right. So it'll be a story that's told with his music. I love that idea. Yeah, I know. So anyway, I kind of think 
That's he's kind of such fun. a he, he's a lovely he's man. He's a lovely man. He was so he so, was so kind to us and charming. Oh, beyond. Yeah, really beyond. charming. And he, you know, was going he had like a sold out uh year, July, August, September European tour. That was supposed to happen this summer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh it's gonna be next year. His songs will make for a fun story. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. And then they can cast some beautiful people. As far as I'm concerned. Oh, as far nice. as you're concerned, oh. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Gail King, since you're you've been gone, just I haven't know, watched. Yeah. She's put together, I saw her talking, I think it was with one of the folks from Entertainment Tonight, but she has curated and put together it's called racism in america it's mm-hmm. on cbs tonight at nine o'clock oh, okay just different interviews with people yeah. and i know oprah is doing you know her thing over at uh own and i think it's also streaming but anyway i saw gail talking to some people and i she she talks to like chris cooper the bird watcher but she's talking She's so good. She's so good. And, and CBS like really can put these kinds of things together. Yeah. I mean, any of them can, but I, I feel like Gail, you know, being the moderator of that. So that's on tonight at nine. If you want to just catch up on what's going on, what progress have we made, how, how people are feeling and everything. And then, um, the other thing, Nancy Sinatra turned 80 on Monday in case you missed it. And the real gossip is that Mia Farrow, reached out to her. So let's just take that in for and reached out to her on Twitter because why is that weird? Mia because Farrow, the Pharaoh in the um and in Nancy Frank Sinatra. Sinatra might have a sibling. Well remember Mia Farrow, who's five years younger than Nancy Sinatra, was her Bonus Fathers. mom. Yep. She was her bonus I know. mom. For, Isn't that weird? For a couple of years in the 60s. Yep. When Nancy was at the height of her fame, and they're basically the same age. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So Mia, so so Nancy, I mean, no one could shake a miniskirt or rock kinky boots oh, like gosh, Nancy you Sinatra. Love it. I loved her. You loved her. Because she was in Speedway, the movie with Elvis. I didn't know her like you knew her. Oh, my mom had the movie Elba, you know, the album that would go with the movie. Oh, sure. And then we would always see the movie. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. No, no. Anyway, so here's what... She turned 80 today? Monday. Oh, Monday. Okay. So, and she's active on Twitter. Very Nancy Sinatra. Nancy Sinatra. She's really good. So here's Mia's tweet to Nancy. Sweetheart, I've been trying to return your call, but I can't leave a message because your mailbox is full. Oh, how cute. <laughs> I want to know, does, has Ronan gotten a DNA test? Is there anything that you're calling personally? I mean, I'm just fascinated that at they, the idea of those two just being buddies. buddies. Are you, Holly? Well, yeah, they have a lot of history. I feel like there are a lot of unspoken things about that whole situation. I read the two-part big Frank Sinatra biography. Yeah. And they ask about, well, who's Ronan Farrow's dad? I mean, they deny everything right. in that, but they, but Mia Farrow does it in a way, and she has done it publicly, kind of bobbing and weaving. And, because and, wasn't it that they kind of had a, the rumor is that they sort of had a same time next year relationship? Relationship. Yeah. And they tried to explain it away in the biography with Frank Sinatra's physical conditions and all these other things. But, but they would meet, I think, in New York. Maybe once a year. I didn't I know think, that. Yeah, that has always been, been the out rumor. There. And, I, you know, I, I would believe that they're good friends. Either way, Nancy, answer your phone or clear your messages.
It's a good way to tell someone, though, that their messages are false. <laughs> right. Oh, Thanks right. for hanging out with us. See you tomorrow. Job done. Off you go. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.